0: Relatively Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jared Mintz and Joseph Murdo. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording our last show of the year 2016. It is Friday morning, December 30th. We all got huge plans for the weekend, but before we get into that, let me introduce myself. I am your co-host, Jared Mintz, joining me today and every other day that we record this terrific podcast. Award-winning, even. That's right. We've won awards. I don't know which ones, but we've won them. Is Joseph Nardone. Joe, what do you got going on this weekend, man? Um, work,
1: and then we're going to have a Fuller House Netflix ball drop on New Year's Eve. Because, what does that even mean? Uh, it's what happens when you're old, and your kids aren't old enough to actually stay awake for the real ball drop, so you go on Netflix, and Fuller House has a... New Year's Eve special, where I guess they have the ball drop, or whatever drop. Maybe they'll have Jesse Constopolis drop.
0: So is that like something... It's obviously not live. Like, they've recorded it? Yeah, it's already
1: can- on Netflix. So I'm gonna... Later today, I'm gonna vet it to make sure it's what we need to watch. Because last year, we watched a very Disney New Year's Eve on Netflix.
0: Wow. That's awesome, man. Sounds like you got big plans for the, for the big day. Oh, yeah. Just... Enormous. I'll be asleep before the ball drops. Are you guys going to, like, have special food or do anything Yeah, well? yeah,
1: yeah. We're going to, like, we're, we're going to cook. Like, we ask the kids what they want. They want pasta salad. They want... I make uh this chicken wing pasta bake that it kind of takes a while to make, so I'll make that. Is that, like, buffalo chicken? Here's what I do, right? So I get... <laughs> don't I don't really
0: want your whole recipe. I okay, just want but to... it, it's just... It's,
1: it's basically... Boneless chicken with my wing sauce, and then you end up putting that in the oven after you boil noodles, pasta, and that's your sauce instead of spaghetti sauce. And then you have cheese in there with some ranch.
0: Your kids like spicy food like that?
1: They love it. I don't know if that's necessarily good parenting. Because I feel like I'm giving amazing. giving them an ulcer before they hit double digits.
0: Hey, you got to learn one way or the other. Good, yeah. good for you. Teach what are them you them doing all? this weekend? Oh, man, we uh, we actually were going to Times Square tomorrow night. No. Listen, 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 listen. Did so, you see what de Blasio said about that? No, what did de Blasio say about that?
1: He doesn't understand why millions of people want to stand in the freezing cold for hours upon hours.
0: I like that you called him Blasio. You kind of, like, combined his two names. Um, we What's actually his name? Got Bill de Blasio. Yeah, whatever. Mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, no we way. actually uh, we got invited to an exclusive VIP party where we're going to be indoors with like food and drinks and stuff, so we're doing it the right way.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. I, like, was Thanks for the invite, Jared. Fun. Hey, I'm yeah. lucky I made the cut on this one. My fiance gets hooked up through work with all this awesome stuff, so we will be in Times Square with all the crazy people, but everything should be fine. It should be a good time. We're obviously going to have to worry about getting home because... New York City on New Year's Eve is uh, a poop show. Yeah, it's a poop show, but it'll be fine. We'll figure it all out. But um, yeah, man, it it should be fun. We're looking forward to it. Nice. That that sounds like a
1: legit good time. I forgot what it's like to not have kids and be able to go do things. Last time I went out for New Year's Eve was three years ago, and it was into my in-laws, and I believe I got blacked out drunk and I had a sleepover
0: awesome that sounds fun not a great
1: only, not a great look
0: were you the only one that got blackout drunk no that night, my or?
1: brother-in-law got blackout drunk there you go then at least so, you have so the girls coming. everybody got blackout drunk but maybe my mother and father-in-law
0: yeah so that is a bad look yeah
1: but i mean their kids got blackout drunk so
0: right so it's indefensible good yeah. stuff indefensible. all right Joe. i think it's time what did i say indefensible that's right it's supposed to be defensible no, it's indefensible. Sports. Okay. <laughs> we
1: started but, off with my cooking resume, recipe, and
0: here we are. Here we are. So, Bill Blasio. All let right, right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's get the show going, Joe, and I have to start the show off by bowing down to the eventual champion of our NFL picks for the 2016 season, so I needed to have a big week last week. I went two and three, and Joe, you went five and freaking oh. You went undefeated last week. That was the last thing I needed to happen. So heading into week 17, I am 43 and 37, and Joe has clinched the championship with an amazing 49 and 31 record. That's, that's pretty good, man. Do you, any post game speech? Anything? Anybody you want to thank for this?
1: Well, no. First of all, I want to give credit to my, my competitor, Jared, here. I mean, you won 43 out of 73 games. That's good. Like, legit good. 49-31 um, to 31, heading into this last week I wish I actually bet these games That's my post-game speech Because then I would have extra money in my pocket
0: Yeah, yeah man, maybe next year now No, we but now next,
1: year, so? if we, next year when we do it And if I put money on these games I will have a losing record
0: Yeah, you're probably right I actually won 43 out of 80 games Not 73, but it's it's all good We don't do math on this show 43-37
1: um, was your record I am sorry
0: it's all good. That man. I
1: misspoke because I've been awake for seventeen minutes.
0: Oh, blame it on the minutes. Alright, let's uh let's regardless of you winning, we're obviously gonna have to do picks for this week. Even though this is the most meaningless week in the history of NFL football, almost all the playoff spots are locked up except for the last one, in the NFC, which will go to the Washington team if they win, and Detroit loses, and Detroit if they win. So we're gonna have both of those teams in these picks. But Joe, let's get started this week with the most meaningful game ever. And that is the 1-15... Week 17 NFL Picks! We didn't even sing, my bad. All right, Joe, let's do Week 17 Picks. Sing it again. Week 17 NFL Picks! Week 17 Picks! National Football League Picks! So our first game is going to be a very important game, very meaningful game for both teams. (sighs) We have the 1-14 Cleveland Browns. 1-14 Cleveland Browns going to the Pittsburgh Steelers who are six-and-a-half-point favorites and have locked into the three-seed in the the AFC. Joe, who do you like in this game?
1: Uh, I feel like the Browns should intentionally try to lose this game. So I'm going to go with the Steelers.
0: Wow, that's deep, man. The Browns should try to lose this game. I mean, the 49ers are really trying to push them for that top pick, and the Browns are like, we're fine. We, we don't need the number one overall pick. They should try to lose this game. I agree with you, but I am going to pick the Browns. 51.7% of the Cleveland yardage game the past three weeks has been on the ground. That's the highest share in the league over that span. For some dumb reason, they're playing better football lately. Not to say they're playing good. because For they're not, some obviously. dumb reason. It's stupid. I can't even explain it. Um, so, yeah, I think the Browns are going to cover six and a half points in this game. They may not win, but they will cover. All right, Joe, this Liar. next game is a real, real fun one that I really want to get into. We got the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, who fired their head coach earlier this week, taking on the New York Jets, who also fired that coach two years ago, who were three-and-a-half-point home dogs in this game. I guess I go first because you went first last week. Which team is more motivated to win a meaningless game here? So the Bills fired Rex. Did the players care? Even though it was announced that they won't, the Jets might fire Todd Bowles, especially if the team lays an egg on Sunday. Did their players care? The Jets have a penchant for winning (laughs) meaningless games and messing up their draft picks. We could see that happen again this year. Also, E.J. Manuel is going to start this game for the Bills. Can't wait to see him look great against an awful Jets defense and get crowned as the Bills' franchise quarterback for the 95th time. I'm going with the Jets in this game. I don't know why. It's miserable. But, again, the Jets just they find a way to win meaningless games and ruin their draft picks year after year. So, woo-go Jets. Joe, Uh, what do you got?
1: This is a game that no human on Earth should watch. The Bills bench Tyrod Taylor because they don't want him to get hurt and owe him thirty million dollars. I see a lot of Jets Twitter want Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback next year. Um, I guess I'm gonna go with the Jets in this game because you're getting three and a half points and EJ Manuel is EJ Manuel. I I guess. I mean, I really. There's no Rex Ryan. Todd Bowles is coaching for his life. I don't even know if Jets players care that Todd Bowles is coaching for his life. Brandon, Brandon Marshall's apparently not a locker room favorite at the moment, but I'm still going to go with the Jets.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just not good for either of these teams. It really is a toss-up, and a lot of these games are kind of a toss-up. It was kind of hard to pick games this week, but I just wanted to give us an opportunity to talk about the Jets, and Rex Ryan Rex Ryan, what,
1: I, I think Rex Ryan needs to realize that, like, because I don't think he could go back to being a coordinator at this point. I think he just needs, because his shtick would work really well in college. I think he should just go to college.
0: Not a bad call. I mean, the one thing that really worries me about that is I just don't feel like he has any control over his locker rooms. Like, he lets guys get away with everything. I feel like he parties with them instead of disciplining them. Can't imagine that would work well. Could be the Jimmy Johnson
1: Miami Hurricanes.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I wouldn't have a problem with that. It would be great if he'd even go down to Miami and take that team over. I mean, he has
1: college coaching experience as well. Before he went to the Ravens as a coordinator, he spent like 10 years as a defensive coordinator in college so it's not like i know that's a long time ago but i mean like his biggest deal is like that swag that confidence that super pumped up attitude like that wears thin pretty quick on pros like 18 19 20 year old kids still like that stuff do you know what i mean so i and i just can't see him as a defensive coordinator at this point and back he
0: he has the charisma to be a college football coach i don't know that he has the chops or the work to do it or the discipline but um He'll land on his feet somewhere. It wouldn't He'd be great him. in the booth. I was going to say, he's going to wind up on TV. Like, he's just, he has a personality for TV. I he's like Rex. I do. He has a lot of relationships with guys, so I'm sure he won't have a problem either talking crap or, or propping everybody up. Rex is going to be a TV <clears> star.
1: Bigger than Gruden? No. Do a John Gruden impression.
0: No, I can't. I can't. I'm not feeling great. I can't do impressions. No, nah, boo. Andrew, look has a very big wiener. I love it so much. He is, is that a great bo- quarterback is that because Borat? of his wiener. What'd you say? Is that Borat? No, that's not even close to Borat. That's not Everybody, even close to
1: John Gruden either.
0: You asked me to do it. I told you I couldn't. No. All right, let's move on, Do you on, have Joe. any
1: impersonations under your belt?
0: I do I do some impersonations. Today is not the day for them. Come on, have... come on. No, this I don't the no. new year right. No, it's, it's awful when you put someone on the spot and then they You, stop. you can do a
1: Macho I, Man, right? Because everybody can do a Macho Man.
0: Oh, yeah, step into a Slim Jim. <laughs> I mean, it's just like yelling. It's not even it's, I, and it's it's, always
1: it's, mentioning a Slim Jim, too. It really is. It is.
0: It's so weird that you brought that up. I saw a Slim Jim commercial the other day, and he's still, like, at the end of the commercials, like, they still use his voice. And I'm like, this dude's been dead for years. How do <laughs> he use his voice? Speaking of dead wrestlers, speaking of dead wrestlers, Joe, is Bret Hart alive or is Bret Hart dead? Alive? Why? What's going on? Is something? I thought Bret Hart died. Didn't Bret Hart die this year? No. Didn't Didn't he come like really close to dying? I uh, he, was,
1: he was sick. There was something happened with him, but he didn't die. He was he's on. He's constantly like on videos and stuff bashing his like a current wrestler for no reason.
0: Okay, great. So he's definitely alive and doing Crotch the Old Man. Things. Yeah,
1: he's going Crotch the Old Man on him. So yeah, unfortunately.
0: I was with friends the other night and we were talking. I don't know how Bret Hart came up, but somebody was like, "Yeah, RIP." And I was like, Bret Hart's not dead. And I was like, and then I was like, oh man, yeah, that's right. Bret Hart did die. So, like, we spent, we spent like 20 minutes trying to figure it out. And I'm like, no, dude, he's definitely dead. He definitely died. I was like, I remember crying over it. <laughs> and, uh, he didn't die. So, did you
1: um, see that? Well, speak up. we're going to stay on the dead wrestler thing. So I guess the internet tried to pull the, you know the big show? Yeah. Every, yeah. So, uh, I guess the internet tried to do the whole, like, the big show's dead thing, even though he's not dead. So I guess when the, like, whatever, like, it's somebody, like, important. Like, the New York Times, like, was like, oh, this is kind of a big story. So they contacted the WWE. And uh, they're, like, and I guess the response was, like, did you read that blog post that you're citing the news from? Because I guess the blog post was, like, was super poorly written. So in the New York, I don't I don't know if it's the New York Times, but it's somebody, like, credible that wrote in their story about it being a hoax how poorly written the blog post was, but only after the WWE told them about it.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well played. Yeah. So yeah, just to confirm, Bret Hart is alive, you guys. Thank Bret you guys. Hart alive. Martin Trinity alive. Giant Gonzalez dead. Giant Gonzalez been dead for a while. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. All right, let's move on. Giant bro. Sheik, still somehow alive. Yeah, he is. Does he still tweet? Is that still a Yeah,
1: I, I don't know, but it's not him. Right. I, I mean, it might be. No, it's not. They have. There's this whole thing about it. It's not him.
0: It's I get.
1: Two two of his nephews or something that are like, Businessman or something
0: that would make sense i guess i have to visit uh wrestle zone more to get the scoop on stuff like that do you still go to wrestling websites joe i do you're such a loser all right up next, I, write, to... I have to write about wrestling for work here and there so i, need, I'm, I need I'm kidding info. i'm kidding i don't make fun of anybody that likes wrestling i just said it to be a jerk i apologize for that's me. going on my worst of 2016 <laughs> what is you call me a loser i mean all right let's move on up next <laughs> we're staying with new york teams the New York Giants are traveling to Washington to play the team that plays in Washington this weekend. That team needs <laughs> a win. They are seven and a half point favorites at home. They need a win to get into the playoffs and a Lions loss. Joe, you're up, so stop laughing. Who do you like in this game?
1: I bow down now. I've fully given up on Alma, Kirk, Cousins, slander.
0: I bow at the altar. Yes. Um, this is a big game. Biggest game of his career. You know what? This makes you more of a loser than going to WrestleZone. Well, are, are you going to let me finish spot, my pick before? Calling, I... him such a, calling him a dink and dunk quarterback for 14 weeks, and here you are eating him. Not in a bad way. Keep going, man.
1: Okay, uh, well, you kind of ruined the joke. I'm picking the Giants.
0: Oh, I ruined the joke. I'm the worst. All right, Joe, I'm going to pick the Washington team in this game. So Washington- <laughs> I love how you're avoiding their nickname. Yeah, I, I realize I've referred to it too many times on the show, and I don't need to be that guy. I also don't want to necessarily call them the racial slurs, because that's, like, something people already do. You know, like, it would be cool if we all agreed, like, okay, that's our new name. Let's all just call them that. That's Washington Poopskins. Yeah, yeah, the Skins, as I have them. Which I, I like,
1: uh, Yeah, the Skins isn't great either.
0: Right, the Red Team, that's terrible, too. All right, up next. Well, we're not going up next. So I'm giving my pick for this game. <laughs> so you you, you and you Giants, I guess I should write that down, even though it doesn't matter, because you already won. Washington, Winner! Washington averages a league high 41.3 yards per possession while the Giants allow 28.3 yards per drive on defense that's fifth best in the league except no one's going to play in this game for the Giants because they're locked into the fifth seed Washington's playing for their lives I, I think that they win big yeah man give me the skins at seven and a half points or give me the the Washington team okay. yeah the poop skins all right Joe up next I'm giving you one more opportunity to talk about your favorite NFL player we got the Oakland Raiders traveling to Denver to Just take This is such off. a sad One game. One and a half point favor- favorites are the Broncos. Who's starting this game for the Broncos, Joe?
1: I have no idea. It should I, be Pax and Lynch, but...
0: I could have swore I read... I don't know why I asked you only to cut you off. I'm pretty sure I read that Simeon is going to start, but they plan on <laughs> Paxton Lynch playing at some point. What the hell is the point of doing that?
1: I don't know. Here's a, here's a, well, first of all, I'm, this game is very sad for multiple reasons. One, Denver's, Denver's quarterback situation. Two... Poor Derek Carr. Yeah, seriously, like this stinks. The like, Raiders are finally good. They their offense is super legit, and Derek Carr breaks his fibula. Um, the quarterbacks. This is weird, man. This feels so much like almost uh-uh. the kind of Jetsy. Like how the Jets bring in all these guys and then they don't even get like reps in practice. Like uh, what's the name Hackenberg? This was yeah, his first Hackenberg, week. Like, no, terrible. no, I understand that, but you're wasting all this pick. Like EJ Manuel when he was first at Buffalo, like you waste all this. These resources on these guys, you should at least give them the opportunity to show they stink or not. You know what I mean? Like, in the yeah, legit, yeah, absolutely. And the, the legit atmosphere. The thing I understand Paxton Paxton Lynch's deal was always he's a legit developmental quarterback, and nobody ever said like he was close to being ready. But Trevor Simeon legit stinks. Like legit, right. Like I'm not even trying to be mean about it anymore. You might be better off unless they're so afraid the offensive line's bad, which it's not. If they're so afraid the offense line's bad that Paxton Lynch was going to get hurt, or he'd end up being like David Carr, who just got shook mentally from getting sacked so many times.
0: That guy got killed.
1: Yeah, and that's the only reason why I think that, I'm convinced that's the only reason David Carr ended up not being good, because he actually showed signs of being great, and then he just became like a shell of a human. But um, I would just throw Paxson, get him some game experience in a meaningless game against a defense that's not great to build up his confidence heading into the offseason. Right I, now. Oh, my, And my pick for the game is going to still... Man, Matt McGloin's Grant native, Trevor Simeon went to Northwestern. I'm going with... Denver.
0: Oh, man. It was, I, I was so hard. I, want,
1: I, I wanted to pick the Raiders, but, I mean, I'm a Broncos fan, so I kind of want to root for them last game of the season, I guess.
0: I was ready for you to come out of nowhere with a, the Raiders. I was ready for it, but... No, I don't. I don't. Matt
1: McGloin, he can't pass past 17 yards on the field. Like, legit. Like, we make fun of Alex Smith... Who just doesn't? Like, he could throw the ball 20 yards. He just doesn't. Uh, Matt McLaurin literally can't. Like, he would have to, all his body, weight, and muscles straight gets it 17 yards on the field.
0: Yeah, we're, we're about to find out what Matt McLaurin's really made of against a good No, we already know defense. what he's made of. He's not we're good. We're going to find out. Give, give him a chance. You're right. He's not good. So Denver has scored on just eight of their, like, 50 possessions over the past four weeks. That is the worst in the NFL over that span. They have three offensive touchdowns, which is the fewest in the league. That's not great at all. Three, three over that span, not not all season. Um, I'm gonna go with the Raiders, still, man. I feel like they're playing really motivated. I feel like they run the ball really well, regardless. Their offensive line's going to protect Matt McGloin. I, I just the Broncos are done. Put it, put them, put them underground. They're done.
1: C.J. Anderson getting hurt was low key the worst part of the season for them because then they stopped being able to run the ball.
0: Yeah, he got off to a great start, and once he went down, that offense kind of just stunk.
1: Yeah, I mean, which probably means even though they have a rookie on the team this year at running back, they're probably going to draft another one this year.
0: Yeah, Sorry, three Bribbs, you're not going to have a job next year. No, he, uh, he wasn't stunning, and neither was Devontae Booker in his, his opportunity. All right, Joe, last game of the season for us to pick. This is a little bit of a meaningful game for the Detroit Lions. If they win, they're in the playoffs. If they lose and Washington loses, they get in. If they lose and Washington wins, they are out.
1: Packers, Lions could tie, Lions are in as well.
0: Correct, well said. Lions are three-and-a-half-point home dogs in this game, Joe. I guess I should go because last game was my chance, and I, I let you go. So Matthew Stafford hasn't thrown a touchdown since injuring his finger week 14 against the Bears. He's thrown just nine touchdown passes over his past eight games. It's really sad. After winning five straight and looking like they were hitting stride at the right time, it looks like the Lions' season is going to end with them missing the playoffs if they can't beat Green Bay at home, which I don't think they're going to do. So give me the Packers in this one. Who do you like?
1: Uh, I'm actually with you 100. percent I'm going to go with the Packers, Lions. Um, I believe 14 of their games were decided um, in the fourth quarter, or the games were within 10 points or something within the fourth quarter. So like they're like wow. a, they're a super fraudulent team. Um, even though they, I rode them to many victories in our weak picks.
0: I'm glad you found a way to get the word fraudulent into our podcast. I don't ever want us to use that word, but I, I'm happy you did.
1: my you, want us ever use that word?
0: Because fraud is such a hack word. They're frauds. I just it with hacks. You're not a hack, Joe. You're great. You're I said good. fraudulent.
1: That's a fancier word of fraud. <laughs> um, and Aaron Rodgers is back.
0: Yeah, he's elite.
1: Yeah. Am, am I Dead.
0: am I being am I being hacky enough for you? yet? Nah, no, no. He's he is elite. He's great. He's back. So my, it's, my cat smells. My cat smells too, man. Cats are good smelling. All right. So you went with the Packers in that game. <laughs> yeah. That, was that your last point? Was the the cat smelling Domino? The cat. I'm I'm legit all...
1: worried about him because it's all in his breath, and I gotta take him oh. to the vet.
0: That's normal though. Cat breath always always
1: no. This is this is extra. Sm- it smells like
0: death. Oh man, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, um,
1: he's nine now, so you know.
0: Ralph Wiggum made the smart quote of "My cat's breath smells like cat food." So keep that in mind.
1: That's a very good point.
0: Gotta love Ralph Wiggum. All right, Joe. To wrap this week up and our last week of picks. We got the Browns at the Steelers. I'm going with the Browns. Joe's going with the Steelers. Bill's at Jets. Jets are three and a half point underdogs. We're both taking the Jets. Uh, Giants at Skins. Washington team, seven and a half point home. <laughs> seven and a half point favorites. I went Washington. Joe went Giants. Raiders at Broncos, who are one and a half point favorites. I went Raiders, so went Broncos. Packers at Lions, who are three and a half point home dogs. We both went with the Packers. Joe, congratulations on winning the season. And, uh... Yeah, I should have put a six game in, even though you probably would have just picked all the same games to not lose.
1: I thought about that this morning before I gave the rundown a really good look to see like how close we were in the rankings. And now my only goal is just—I only need to win one because I want a nice fifty, at least
0: fifty. You're gonna get it. I have a feeling you are gonna get it. Congratulations, <laughs> good stuff. Again, everybody, take Joe's picks to the bank, make yourself some money.
1: Yeah, well, too late now. <laughs> it really is. It's one. Yeah. Are we? Gonna, we yeah. should do college basketball picks after this.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be fun. That makes sense no face.
1: with no analysis though. just be like Chattanooga, Florida Atlantic over.
0: <laughs> yeah. all right, Joe, <laughs> let, let's move on our next subject with 2016 coming to an end over the next two days. We thought it'd be fun to look at some of the best and worst things to happen over the last year. Obviously, 2016 had a lot of downfalls to it, but it also had some really good things happen. So Joe, do you think we should start with the good or the bad? Let's start with the good. All right. So if we're gonna the good of 2016, Jordan had time to make segment music. 2016 wasn't that bad. Yes, it was. It depends on your perspective. 2017's gonna suck too. They all stink because we're getting old and we're inching closer to death. And scene. I think that's the end of us singing. Uh, I would have nice just kept job. singing for another 20 minutes, then we just Yeah, we, we could have done that, and we could have made that our segment, our best of 2016, <laughs> first of 2016, <laughs> is Joe and I singing made-up baloney segment music of the first thing that comes to our head. We're very bad freestylers, by the way. That is not true. We are not trying to freestyle here, okay? If but I'm just saying, it, like,
1: you think at least like when we go after each other, we try to rhyme or something? But no. we don't. Like You'll say one thing, and I'll go on a whole different path, and I'll, then you'll go on a whole different path.
0: We have the rhythm, so all we need to do is just follow that that like melody that we do, which is like the bad tweet song, essentially. So That's a good point.
1: We should be bad tweeting all these. We got the rhythm. Yeah. We got the
0: rhyme. Yo, there it is, man. All right, Joe, let's start with the positive thing. I <laughs> think the best thing... What? No, oh, go ahead. No, I, I, do you have something? No, that you no, wanna? you go
1: first. You go first. I, that, I didn't know who was going first. That's what I was going to prompt you, but go. All
0: right, so we're obviously not going to like fully break down all these things that happened this past year, because we've already done that, but I think the best thing that happened in sports this year, obviously I'm biased because I'm a big basketball guy, was the NBA Finals.
1: Um, I I like the NBA Finals. Are you going to elaborate, <laughs> or is that you just going to throw it out there?
0: I mean, obviously it was great. We had the two best teams in the NBA. We had the best player we've seen since Michael Jordan taking on the best team we've seen since Michael Jordan's last great team. <laughs> You know, they w- the Warriors are chasing history. LeBron is chasing another championship and trying to build his legacy, which, you know, no matter how many championships he's going to win, everybody's going to be like, yeah, well, Michael Jordan never lost in the finals and LeBron lost three times. So he's a fraud. That's why you don't use the word fraud. Fraud. Um, and, you know, it, w- it was a great series. Obviously, 3-1 jokes emerged, which, you know, I was kind of over a week after it happened. It kind of gets funnier to me the longer it goes on, the 3-1 jokes. Like, they made one after Christmas in, like, the actual Cleveland newspaper or whatever. That was kind of funny. But, like, this is the best rivalry in sports. These two teams have played the last two NBA Finals. And I think the rivalry is as big as it is because the Cavs were able to come back from being down 3-1. And just, like, everything about that series was amazing. The games were pretty great. You know, the the off-court stuff was unbeatable. Having Clay Thompson come out and say this is a man's league or whatever, complaining about the whole LeBron, Draymond Green thing and then LeBron just comes back and goes freaking nuts those last few games, and, and they win when no one thought they had a chance after they went down 3-1. I mean, that that to me was the best sports story of the year. Uh,
1: for me, my favorite sports moment was, because it felt like vindication for the Big East, was Villanova winning the NCAA tournament. Um, since the relaunch in 2013, most people, I've written about this before, but uh, the Big East has the second most NCAA tournament bid since it's, it's relaunched in 2013-14. Uh, only the, I think the Big Ten has one more in that period of time. They only have 10 teams, so that's kind of an amazing thing when you think about it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I never actually felt like the Big East went away, but I know everybody wanted to kind of pigeonhole it shoehorn it in as a mid-major. Um, and I know you could kind of do that because the American had UConn win, and the American is clearly not a power league, but... The Big East, really last season,
0: with the and topping Nova winning it, clearly made it that the Big East is still legit. And, I mean, Nova's legit, too. It was great to see Nova finally oh, win the Oh, the small balls? Like, they're running, they're running Golden State's offense. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, the, the college basketball version, for sure. Then UCLA.
1: UCLA just doesn't shoot as many threes as Villanova. Villanova seriously shoots a billion threes a game.
0: Right, and it's good to see them still have you know success this year. They they're a powerhouse. It was good to see them have that that deep playoff run. And you know, beyond anything else, that game was a classic. That was that was the best NCAA championship game I've seen. I can't tell you since when, like maybe ever.
1: Um, I the one that the one that immediately jumps to mind. I'm sure I'm missing some. Is Melo's championship game when yeah. Nicky Moore blocked a shot in the corner. I yep. thought that game was excellent. But I'm sure there was others in the middle that I can. Oh, Butler
0: Duke. Was yeah. ex- was excellent. Yeah, that was a low scoring mode. This was a high scoring game. It was it was exciting. I mean, there's a buzzer beater to win the game after after Marcus Page's huge three. It well that play happen.
1: design to win the game was just absurdly simple but glorious. Like just have a yeah. trailer come up spot up behind the three point line, like yeah. here's the ball. Like I mean, like it obviously it worked, but like it's such a simple play design. You're just like, oh, we don't have to overthink this because I think a lot of teams overthink their final couple seconds of the game, and nobody just didn't. They're just like, "Hey," and like, it worked. It was amazing. It was real. I was honestly, it was really. You're right. It's. I feel like we're maybe a little recency bias in it, but it was definitely a great, great game.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so let's move on. Well, not move on, but let, let's flip sides and do a worst, and then we'll get back to best. <laughs> to me, I I kind of felt like the worst story, the worst story in sports, the worst story in sports <laughs> this year was Bill re- Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> Blasio. Blasio. Uh, no, what'd you call him, Blasio? Yeah, I just him. call him Blasio. Bilal Powell. Um, one of the worst things to me was kind of the reaction to Colin Kaepernick. I thought, obviously, I don't want to get into that whole conversation again. You know, we we did a couple shows on it, but I just kind of felt like the the way he. You know, you can say what you will about Tom Kaepernick. I think since he he took his stand, he did a couple things that that came across as hypocritical. I just think everybody wanted a reason to criticize him, and they wanted to go after him because he took that stand. I mean, I don't think I don't think anything he said in terms of what he was taking a stand against was factually incorrect or anything. Just people don't want to see that from the, their football players. They just want them to put their helmets on and get their brains brains bashed in. Uh, and it kind of really just it, it was sour, it left a bad taste in my mouth even to today the way you know people still react to Colin Kaepernick. the way if I bring up the 49ers or something, people are like, well, I hate Kaepernick, so I don't care what that team does. And it, it comes from so many people. It's just it, it was kind of crappy. It would be nice if people could just be a little more open-minded to the things he was saying, but I mean, obviously you're, you're gonna be controversial when you're saying bad things about the police force, which obviously I understand.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. <clears throat> my worst actually pay, parlay's off my be, my best for sports. Um, the narratives going into this year from certain outlets about the Big East needing to prove stuff. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't. It wasn't until Nova started season nine and all that uh, a couple outlets stopped with what does the Big East have to do to prove it's legit? Um, and then this actually trickles down to where it's still where many. Um, fan blogs and sites like this are like, oh, we get no respect da-da-da. And it's like, no, because now the narrative's set that the Big East is <laughs> underappreciated or whatever, right? And we're going to do this every year now for the rest of the time, unfortunately, because this is the way it's going to go. Big East fans are forever going to feel slighted. And then major outlets are forever going to do what do they need to get respect, even though everybody, everybody all knows and thinks and believes they are a legitimate big-time power conference. So I'm kind of that's I think that's the worst because we've done a poor job of using like Power Five, which is a college football term and college basketball where it doesn't apply because the SEC isn't a better conference than the Atlantic Ten or the Big East or even the American. But we're going to use that term because we're just not good at nuance. So yeah, Big East narratives about them needing to uh, to prove more, even though they're fresh off a year where half the league. Since it's rebirth, each year makes the into of the tournament, and they just won it last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's well said, Joe. I'm glad you're representing for your sport today. Yeah, my sport,
1: yeah, pickleball. Yeah.
0: All right, let's go back to good, Joe. Obviously, I mean, like, I'm not going to go deep on this. Obviously, the, the Chicago Cubs winning a World Series has to be like one B to the Cavs winning. You know, like, hello, they didn't win since 1908. It's huge that they. They brought in Theo Epstein, and he's kind of helped build this dynasty, and they've been great pretty much immediately. I mean, they were the best team in baseball all season. They didn't struggle in the playoffs at all. They won the World Series convincingly. Did they? Did that? No, that, that I don't watch baseball. Did the World Series go seven <laughs> games? I don't know. Or did it go six. <laughs> I have no idea. Sports, guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just a great story that they won. Chris Bryant, it did go seven games, and it was an amazing game, seven. What the hell am I even talking about? You're drunk. Um, I didn't watch the World Series. It's just great that the Cubs won. Chris Bryant, I don't. Did Chris Bryant win MVP. I feel like he did. I'm very prepared.
1: Mm, you're asking the wrong guy.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Good stuff, Jared. Um, yeah, he won National League MVP. Cubs were the biggest story in baseball from front to end this season. Good for them. Woo baseball. Woo baseball. <laughs> Yo, Joe, what do you got? That was good.
1: Uh, I'm going. I'm already going to go up. On non-sports. Um, oh. Netflix's original content. So, this year we had, um, The OA, Stranger Things, uh, Travelers, Spectral, which is a movie. Um, what else?
0: Master in- of None. Master, I didn't get to watch it. Was that this year? Oh, my God. Yes, and it was so good.
1: Um, and a bunch of other things that I didn't get to yet. Point being that they... Uh, besides Season I 2 that- of Narcos. Oh, yeah, Narcos. Um... Season point, two is outrageous. Point being that do they they do they do obviously they have a lot of misses too in there too, but I would take their lineup over almost every network's in the world. And it's amazing because you get to watch them all in one sitting. Fuller House. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. Congrats. I really do. Like I, I like as somebody that doesn't have a lot of time to do stuff, uh Stranger Things is my probably like my favorite favorite recent show, probably one of the most favorites is Breaking Bad. Um, it was eight episodes, and I got to pretty much do that in one sitting, and it was great. And it's nice to be able to do that and not have to wait week to week. I this is and this is me. Uh, maybe it's ADD or whatever, but like I was watching. I can't even remember the name of the show now. But like a normal TV, I was watching the show. In the first two weeks, I was like, "This is cool." The third week's episode felt like filler. So by then, I was like, "If this is what they're going to do, I'm not waiting week to week to invest my time in this, and I just stopped."
0: Fair enough, man. Fair enough.
1: Because my favorite part about Netflix is right. So in the OA, which is eight episodes, one of the episodes—they're almost all like forty-five to fifty minutes. One of the episodes is only thirty-one, and I read about it. And there was the part of the deal with Netflix is like the people because the star of the show also co-wrote it. She was saying that like the great thing about Netflix is like, hey, like we this is like the chapter here. We don't want to fill it just to fill it. And they're like, no, go ahead, do a thirty-minute, thirty-one-minute show. So there was, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no filler. It's just whatever the the people that wrote and directed it wanted to <clears throat> no matter how short or how long. I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, man. Shout out to Netflix. Good stuff. Hulu also. Hulu's got some great original content. I
1: don't know what a Hulu is.
0: Shout out to streaming TV. You guys are killing it. Hopefully one day I can cut the cord and save some money. I don't see when that's going to happen.
1: Well, sports kills us.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really does. It really does. All right. I think let's, let's do a worse now. I'm going to stay on sports in this one, but not so much on field. I think we saw sexual assault kind of normalized a little bit this year in sports between everything happening with Baylor and Derrick Rose and countless other athletes. It's just kind of weird how, you know, we we take a stand and maybe not just sexual assault, but domestic violence also. And, you know, I think after the last few years of of Ray Rice and Aroldis Chapman and some other guys, like we should be at a point where we're not really defending athletes anymore and we're kind of stopping and listening and, and garnering all the facts. But we still allow, you know, our biases in sports and our fandom and stuff to not be human when it comes to things like this. I mean, even, even to extend Penn State and seeing Penn State honoring Joe Paterno already, I mean, everything happened less than, you know, five years ago and we're already building a statue for this guy. It's just it feels really weird and I wish people sometimes could be a little better at, at putting life ahead of sports.
1: That's really well said. Um, my worst is going to be kinda of sports, I guess. It's you know, it is sports. It's sports Twitter um, for a variety of reasons. One, some of the things you just said, obviously, um, and then you know the sub-sex and the condescension and the hive mind of one theory comes out and it's said by somebody popular enough, or people where somebody thinks a person is smart enough. People won't even look into it, and this just becomes accepted. And then if somebody has a counter opinion, even if educated, he will just he or she will just get shouted down just because. Um, and the fact that I have to constantly update my TweetDeck ten times a day because it freezes.
0: Damn TweetDeck. I must be, like, one of the only people alive that uses, like, actual Twitter.com. Everybody's on TweetDeck or, or some other form of it. I I was for a while. I don't really need it. I don't need to see what everybody's favoriting. I don't need to open up different streams. For no, I don't,
1: like, I don't do it for that reason. The only thing for me, I have my my home, my timeline. Your notifications, my DMs, and that's it. I do have my, my work ones open as well, so it's easier to navigate. You know what I mean? Because I have to handle social media right. stuff for FanRack Sports Network. But, um, Shout out. For them, I don't. the only thing I have open for them is their notifications. I don't even have their timelines open because I don't want to read other people You know that I don't follow. Like, I follow the people I follow because I want to read
0: their thoughts. I don't want to read other
1: people's. Retweeting True. other people is overrated.
0: Retweeting Listen, other
1: people. If the retweet is unless the retweet is a great joke or of a quality like content type of deal, if you're just retweeting them to like, I don't know, just retweet them. I guess it's it, it baffles my mind. Like if Skip Bayless has a hot take, I don't need that nonsense on my timeline.
0: Yeah, I should never see tweets from the undisputed or Skip Bayless. No, so th- that's what I mean. So like frequently.
1: that's like I actually I I don't know how I manage. I follow a couple people that I kind of like. But there were fringe follows anyway who constantly just retweeted Skip Bayless stuff to be like, that was dumb. Yeah, we know it's dumb. Stop putting it on my timeline, unfollow. So I don't get that as much. But that, early in the year, I had a lot of that. And I was just like, this is stupid.
0: Twitter things, man. Twitter things. All right, let's go back to good. I'm going to do non-sports here. And not to, not to steal Saturday Night Live's Thunder or whatever, they featured these two acts together. It was amazing that we saw Dave Chappelle on live TV this year. And we had new tribe called Quest Music. That to me, like those two things being meshed together by Saturday Night Live, but even on their own, like especially on their own, made 2016 a good year for me. I thought Dave Chappelle kind of bringing back Chappelle Show on Saturday Night Live was like the best five minutes of entertainment I've seen in a really long time. If you haven't checked that out and you were a fan of Chappelle Show, make sure you check that out. We saw the return of uh, Clayton Bigsby and, and Tyrone Bigums and uh, <laughs> a bunch of other really good Chappelle Show characters. It was great to see them back. Uh, and Tribe Called Quest, I really, really like their new album You know, obviously, like, you're not going to create the same sound from 25 years ago or anything like that But it did sound like their, their type of music It was great to hear Fife Dog, who sadly passed away this year It was great to hear him back on tracks It's great to hear them bring back Busta Rhymes And I really thought that Q-Tip was, was fire on that album So, good, good stuff, if you haven't checked it out yet and you're a 90s hip-hop fan Please make sure you go check out the new Tribe albums Nice, nice. They don't pay us for sponsorship. I don't. I no, don't
1: we. To. This is like the fifth time we've talked about tribe on the show, and it's always glowing. So we should get a check.
0: There uh, might
1: be. The, are my they... tribe,
0: tribe and Nas? Tribe and Nas are my two favorite musical acts of all time. You know, now that like,
1: I mean, that might be mine too. I, like, I, I Nas is one for me, but like, I tribes really grown on me over the years. Um, my other best is going to be. I haven't seen any of them. Right, the Star Wars movies. Okay, the new ones. But I really enjoy how happy people are. Like, like the people I've seen seem to be very happy with the movies. And that makes me happy. So, my other best is people being happy on Twitter. Nice, man. Yeah, like, like, I, like, I like, see, like, it's refreshing to not see snark and cynicism <laughs> and, and hatred. Oh, Jared's dying. Um, yeah. like, I, Or outrage. Like, it's just nice to see, like, because a couple of the guys I follow are... Are kind of pop like it's more into pop culture than sports, and I always like their perspectives in that area. And uh, you're just like, yeah, you know, like it's not perfect, but it's good, and I enjoyed it. And you can leave and be happy. And I'm like, wow, somebody just being normal and sane and nice, and they're happy. That makes me happy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's contagious.
0: For <laughs> sure, man. Shout out to sanity and happiness.
1: Yeah, I because you know, best. We're we're both on basketball Twitter mostly. Like I don't I don't think I, I can't follow like one baseball person, one football person, whatever. It's almost all snark, do you know what I mean, and jerkiness. So, uh, I don't want to say all, but a lot of it is. And then, like, you know, when when you hear see somebody in a good mood, it's actually, like, refreshing. Even though, like, that's kind of the way we should just all be about life, is, like, kind of approach each day with a big shit-eating grin on her face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well said, man. I'm with it. All right, let's do another worst. I don't know if I have another best. but no, let's I don't do have them.
1: any more best. I have one more worst, and I think ours is the same.
0: Uh, if that's the case... <laughs> I'm going to do a different one. I'm going to do a couple of Ryans for my next worst. And no, it's Whoa. not Rex and Rob. It's Ryan Lochte and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'll start with the latter. The Jets spent the whole summer crying over Ryan Fitzpatrick as if he was a good quarterback beyond last season. It ruined football for me this past season. I had no interest in watching the team who I grew up cheering for, which fortunately for me, they sucked all year. So it didn't make anything that bad on the personal level just, I'm so sick, it's, it's obviously it's the Jets, it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick's fault, the Jets should know better, they shouldn't be chasing after a guy like that who clearly stinks, who clearly couldn't get the job done last year, even though he had, like, the best statistical season for any Jets quarterback, that's still, you know, being the the pretty girl at the bar at the end of the night or whatever, the least ugly girl, and I, I don't mean to, you know, be weird or say anything terrible like that, but you know the analogy I'm making, like, it just was terrible form from the Jets, and it's what they do, and Surprise, surprise! Ryan Fitzpatrick followed it up with a clunker of a season. I lost many a Twitter follower for bashing Ryan Fitzpatrick and bashing the Jets for wasting all their time, resources, and energy on him in the in the off season. And I really lost Twitter followers for it. But what do you know? The guy stunk. The Jets stunk. It was a miserable season for Jets football. Just another miserable season for Jets football. The other Ryan was Ryan Lochte, who. Yeah, we, we had an Olympics this summer, which was a lot of fun. I don't think anything like 2-2 too, too noteworthy came out, so they didn't make our cut of best slash worst. Aside from Ly- Ryan Lochte, I called him Lion Lochte, which works, who lied about getting robbed by the police in Brazil, which was like the most sensational story at the time because there was so much fear heading into the Olympics about how Brazil was a, a poop show preparing for the Olympics, how they didn't have police, how they you know the streets were like war- how they didn't even have, you know, like, the the campus or whatever where the the athletes were staying. The Olympic Village, like, the places they were staying were destroyed and they weren't in good shape. So the Olympics were a mess, and Ryan Lochte goes out and gets wasted and gets into a fight at, like, a gas station or something and lies and says he got robbed at gunpoint by police. It was a bad look for Ryan Lochte, and Ryan Lochte is just that dude. So way to go, Ryans.
1: Boo, Ryans! When he has a crappy beard, shave it. Um, my worst is, I have to be careful when I say this, um, so like a lot of people died in 2016 think we're all aware, everybody on Twitter will tell you, 2016 was the worst. Um, I can think of a couple years that was actually worse, um, you know, when we dropped bombs on entire cities, or concentration camp years, or the Holocaust, you know, like I can think of a lot worse years, but um... I, I, I'm going to say, for, let me preface this by saying, there are exceptions. Like, I'm sure there are some celebrities that people are emotionally attached to. When they pass, and it kind of hits you the gut. Like, legitimately. I totally believe that. I think if you're a diehard Prince person, when Prince died, I think maybe that could shake you emotionally. Or when David Bowie died, or whatever. Every time somebody dies, though. Every single time somebody dies. All of Twitter will make someone who might have been a B-movie actor for the last 30 years of their career, into, you know, like, peak force Whitaker. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's insane. Like, I like I understand. Like, one, I actually don't understand why we just need to chime in every time somebody dies. It stinks. Not every time somebody dies do we have to go R.I.P. whoever. This isn't, and I know the Carrie Fisher and her mother was the latest, so I'm not actually rebelling against them. So don't, like, say, like, Joe hates Carrie Fisher because they don't. I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of younger people don't actually know who Carrie Fisher is. Uh, I don't. Um, And I think a lot of the deaths, like, people just go bonkers over, and you're just like, you don't really care. You're just trying to get a retweet by saying something clever, or you're just following the hive mind, and that's what everybody else is doing, and it's trending. And I'm not saying you might not be even purposely doing it, it might be subconsciously, but realistically, like, when... A family member dies, you don't jump on Twitter to do this, your dismay. So why are you right, talking about about right. celebrity? Do you know what I mean? Like you're not like Aunt Sally, R.I.P. Change the world. You know what mm. I mean? Why you
0: write about it? Yeah.
1: So I mean, like, yeah. come on, like, I'm not, and I'm, I'm and I'm not saying this applies to all debts or all people. I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of people are just mostly just following the crowd because, I'm, like, a lot of people died this year that were haven't. Been important in a
0: long time. I noticed this a couple years ago when Roger Ebert passed away, and I saw Twitter just like going crazy over it. And I'm like, how do you guys feel this attached to Roger Ebert? Roger Ebert, he was a movie critic, you know what I mean? And like, I could understand some of like the older people that I follow on Twitter who I guess you know when when print journalism was a bigger deal and Roger Ebert, I keep calling him Roger. Roger Ebert, you know, was a, a bigger writer in the entertainment community or whatever. Like, I could understand it a little bit more. But even still, like, what is your deep connection to a movie critic? You know, it it just feels like, I get it, we all want to mourn together, I guess, but I think it's more about the together than the mourning. And, I, I mean, that that's kind of what Twitter is. It's just a, let's all get together and discuss this thing and get our feelings together on it. But it, it does feel disingenuous when it's like, how strong can you feel about Debbie Reynolds? Like, how do you even know who Debbie Reynolds is? I mean, I I guess she was in Will and Grace. I, I don't see Twitter ever talk about Will and Grace. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, invalidate people's feelings on mourning but I, I do agree to a certain extent. You know, some of the celebrities that we see people mourn—it's just like, really, you're you're this broken up about this one. And again, to each their own. Obviously, to each their own. Like, I get when Muhammad Ali passes and Prince passes, and obviously when Fife Dog passed. Like, it had me pretty distraught for a little bit. Like, I actually you know, understand
1: I, the musician ones far more than any of the other ones because there's, a, I feel like there's more of a connection there.
0: Right. Like, like do- Doris uh, Doris Roberts pass, passes passes. Everybody loves like, Raymond. I loved her as the grandma on Raymond. Yeah, I know. She was a good actress. <laughs> you know, she was a good actress. It's sad that she passed. She was also old.
1: 95 years old or whatever right, she right. was.
0: Yeah, it, it's weird. And, you know, I, I, I'm I, glad that you prefaced it the way you did. It doesn't feel right to necessarily pick at people from mourning. But at the same time, it, it does feel a little disingenuous a lot of the time. More like and the I
1: outrage that comes with it because, like, Cinnabon's tweeted. Like, I forget the name of the outlet. But, like, Cinnabon's tweeted a thing with Princess Leia and it just said best buns in the universe and had the Cinnabuns on her ears, like the way her hair was done in Star Wars. Yeah. And then, like, Slater, somebody did, like, 24 reasons why it was the worst thing ever. And a reason, too, was, like, what buns were you talking about her butt? And it's like, no, clearly they were referencing the buns, her hair.
0: Like, Right. Um, That's I pretty mean, terrible. That's hacky.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, just... Stop Twitter. Like, like we don't need to be mad about everything. We really don't, and you don't have to mourn everything. Like, you. Here's the thing. Here's the weird thing. Like in real life, most people, i and maybe I'm wrong because I, I don't mourn outwardly. I usually mourn in, inwardly, but I usually keep it to myself. Maybe that's the wrong way to do it. But I've never gone to a, like a wake or a funeral and saw people like just all like oh, Grandma CC blah, 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 all over the place. Everybody's just kind of, you know, really subdued and blah, blah, da. But, like, not on Twitter. When Twitter mourns, it's super loud and super obnoxious and it's super, super, let me tell you how much this hurt me. Like, it's always about making it about the per- you, not right. making it about the person that actually passed.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a really good point. And, yeah, it is, it is obnoxious. And it's weird, because it's the type of thing, like, you really just can't call it out. You know what I mean? No! You like, I couldn't
1: go on the thing and be like, you're only 23, you don't know who Carrie Fisher is. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do that, because what if I'm wrong? What if this person's a giant Star Wars fan? Because I'm, I'm sure there are. I'm just saying, like, if I, I keep using Carrie Fisher, because she was the most... Well, Debbie Reynolds was the most recent, but Carrie Fisher was the bigger of the two She's names. iconic. I mean, she's,
0: yeah. like, she's iconic, but at the same time, we hadn't spoken about her for 23 years or whatever. And outside of her I mean,
1: playing, playing herself in movies... Like I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, not going to sound like a jerk, but like
0: she didn't do a ton. That's not true. What that's is true. I mean, for for mental health, she's done a ton. No, I'm a- talking about movies. Oh, these sure, sure, these right, people right. don't
1: care about mental health either.
0: Well, that, that's the one. That's the one place where I'm more inclined to to you know not jump on people for mourning Carrie Fisher because of you know her impact on mental health and how refreshingly honest she was about her you know. <laughs> status and her illness and everything along those lines but still I, I do agree that people are more mourning princess leia than necessarily carrie fisher
1: right that that's how i feel about it
0: yeah right all right joe let, let's end on a high note Boo! End, don't show your emotions twitter <laughs> let, let's let's end on a high note joe what's the best thing that happened to you in 2016
1: doing the podcast with you
0: <laughs> Shut up. You didn't say that with any energy. You don't mean it. It's not true. What's the uh, real best thing that happened to you in
1: 2016? Uh, usually when I interview people for like coaches and stuff to do profiles on for work, I mean I'm a pretty bad interviewer. Like I really am. Um but Jamie Dixon interview, I did well and he gave me really good money quotes and I think it's the best I think Omar quotes the best interview I ever did. But Omar kind of Drove the conversation. I didn't really have to do much. I just think I wasn't a good enough writer at the time to do the story justice. Uh, Jamie Dixon, I think the time was perfect. I think I was a good enough writer to handle the story, and I think I actually did a really good interview. So, like, yeah, it's weird to say that something that made me really happy was doing an interview well with the coach. But yeah, it's Jamie Dixon and the Group.
0: What was the worst thing you feel like you wrote this year?
1: The worst thing I wrote. <laughs> yeah.
0: What's the worst thing you wrote? All this of year?
1: it. <laughs> I, no. I, I, every time, this is true, just, I really believe this. I'm, I think most writers do it this way. When you're writing it, it's fire. And the moment goes live. Trash.
0: No, you've definitely written something, and while you're writing it, been like, why am I writing this? this is well, garbage. like if
1: it's yeah. something assigned to me and I feel like I'm force writing, yeah, but I, nothing's jumping off. I mean, <laughs> today, uh, college basketball resolutions went live. Um, I didn't necessarily love doing that. It's not my best of work. Nice. So uh, nice.
0: Way to trash your latest piece. Don't go read it, guys. The
1: piece before that, though, the Pac-12. I found a religious experience in Pac-12 basketball. Is one of my best pieces of the year.
0: There you go. Go read that, everybody.
1: Yeah. Right. What about you? What's the worst thing you wrote?
0: Um, All seventeen pieces. No, stop it, man. <laughs> I I try to write once or twice a week at at best. I've definitely had a few writing list weeks. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I. So, like, I'm going to be like you right now and trash something I recently wrote, and I don't want do to... <laughs> well, because it's
1: recent in our head, that's why. Like, I'm sure there's well, something else,
0: but... Here's, here's the thing, is with writing, you know, a lot of the times you want to write about something that you really feel inside of you. But, like, when you're writing about sports, you really have to be factual. So, you you tend to take an approach, or not ten, but a lot of the times you write... A little more fun and you write a little more of you know a story piece than necessarily like a these are the facts read these facts digest these facts yeah i'm not
1: not huge on stats and pieces
0: i'm writing a lot of stat driven pieces and uh for christmas i wrote a knicks miss carol where i tried to write why people should be thankful for the knicks and i really did that piece more for the fans than for myself because you know heading into christmas the knicks are 16 and 14 listen they won 17 games two years ago so like You should be happy that as of right now, they're in a playoff spot and that they have a winning record and that Derrick Rose hasn't been that awful. Christos Porzingis has taken a step forward. You know, listen, there's a lot of things. I'm a very pessimistic Knicks fan. So there's a lot of things with that team that, like, I tend to not feel great about. And even this season, like, I don't feel that great about the season. Like, I woke up yesterday after the loss to the Hawks on, uh, what was it, Wednesday night? Tuesday night? I don't know. All the days are blurred now. Wednesday night. And I thought to myself, damn, it sucks that the Knicks aren't tanking because it'd be so awesome to pair Chris Stapps with Lonzo Ball or Malik Monk or Markel Fultz, one of these young guys, Josh Jackson, whoever. Like, it would be amazing to do that. Instead, you know, they're going to wind up maxing Derrick Rose and it's going to be terrible. But, you know, they're they're mediocre and mediocre is better than bad and they've been bad for a while. So I really, I wrote a piece about, you know, the Knicks being improved and how Chris Stapps is their future and mellow is the president i i did a nick Miss carol like the charlie
1: i thought it was pretty good i read thank it
0: thank you no i i don't think it was a bad piece i think i wrote it fine and i think i wrote it you know i wrote it for an audience that wasn't necessarily myself so as a writer you know i don't want to say i felt like i sold out it's not that serious but like you write things sometimes that you're like i don't feel this with all of my heart and i guess that's you know one of the things that comes to mind for me
1: oh totally i i mean i don't want to go too writery in this this conversation but we're kind of here like, I had this conversation with somebody, you know, our boss the other day, and I'm like, like I could clearly feel the difference when I'm writing, when it's something I feel like is in my lane, or I'm passionate about, or I feel knowledgeable about, and it's, it's as much for me as it is for the reader. Like, that Pac-12 religious experience piece, which, like, it's not actually as jokey as it sounds, is seriously one of my best columns of the year, because it felt it felt natural and it just came off the top and I wrote, whatever, the 900 words and it took me like 25 minutes because it was just there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The college basketball resolutions piece was something I was asked to do because I did like the the presence under the tree for the college basketball coaches or whatever. And by the time I got to this one, I was kind of out of jokes. I was kind of, let me just get this done. I didn't want to do it really. You know what I mean? Like, And you're just like, like, I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever written, and I and I don't think people would be like, oh, this is this guy's a hack or whatever. It just didn't feel great. and yeah. I think that's, like, like I don't think you, you – like, I think for – I mean, maybe I can't speak for everybody, but, like, now I'm in a place, maybe the last year-ish, where I don't think I'm ever putting out, like, horrible work, but sometimes I just know it's not up to my own standard now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, right. oh, I have to do this because you have to do this because it's part of the – the job that sometimes you have to talk about the backup point guard for Syracuse or whatever. You know what I mean? So yep. what else But um, I did want to ask you, what are you looking forward to most in 2017?
0: getting married in less than 60 days, my friend. That <laughs> is what I am looking forward to most. Now, I think 2017 is going to be a great what year. What do you mean? Eight. No. Yes. That is the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that's obviously number one. I, I'm looking forward to a you lot say of. say No. after that. <laughs> No, I mean that, that's that's number one. Obviously, I said it first because that that's number one. I I just I think 2017 is going to be a great year beyond getting married. I got I got a lot of fun stuff going on. I think my career is really going to take a, a positive step outside of writing and hopefully with writing too. So I'm pretty pumped. What about you, Joe? Uh,
1: I really I I really believe in our pod. I'm being serious here. I really believe in our podcast. And I think uh we're starting to find our voice better, and uh, I'm hoping that we uh. We can't. Because this is outside. Like writing is my favorite thing to do in the world, obviously. But this has really been fun, and I really hope uh, we start to grow an audience, and I hope we continue to find our voice. And uh, yeah, relatively speaking, podcast botches.
0: Yeah, mfers. All right, Joe. Speaking of building our audience, let's end the show with some AMAs. Oh yeah, I forgot we had to.
1: Do All right, <laughs> I totally forgot. I was like, oh, we're like in an hour.
0: All right, hit it, Seal
2: pa da 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 ta ta da Ask me anything a chair will answer. pa da 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 do ask me a question, Twitter
1: All right, Joe. Hey, if we ever AM. if like di- if, if like if we die, right? I want hit it sealed if, just then glad you said it. No, I said, well, I mean, when, when. When we die, like, hit it seal with no context is just so, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Just mix it up. Throw it we on the song, have seal, it seal.
1: In, the, in the production room.
0: He's here with us, seal in his, in his face. All oh, right, come on, that's mean. Everybody's got a face. What do you want me to say? You, but
1: you're not saying it because you're saying it because he has bumps.
0: He's married to, like, a supermodel and has definitely... Done fine, regardless of his bumpy face or whatever. Name
1: because you, you name three seal signs outside Kiss from Rose. Because Crazy is obviously one.
0: I didn't. I don't even think I knew Crazy. Fly like an eagle. He did fly like an eagle. Um That's it. Fly like know. an eagle So the sea. Crazy. I mean, he, YouTube it when did, when, did, when this podcast is over. It's kind of fun. Not do that. He did fly like an eagle for the Space Jam soundtrack. He did what? Fly like an eagle for the Space. Oh, Jam. Space Jam
1: kind. Con- uh, they have two smashing hits on that. What's the R. Kelly sign in there? Uh, I believe I could
0: fly. Yeah. Dude, are you kidding me? The Space Jam soundtrack has like a thousand smash hits on it. Well you know, um, I don't own the Space Jam soundtrack. That is absurd of you. Really? Do you own it? Of course I do. I mean when I the last don't know time where, you rocked it. I, I don't know where any of my CDs are to be completely honest, but I probably I in the a- garbage
1: where they belong.
0: Yeah, probably. No, I, no actually, yeah, that's not true. I have a binder of CDs, and it's in it's in there somewhere. How do you not have the Space Jam CD? It's got Hit 'Em High, which had like Method Man, Busta Rhymes, and like every other great rapper from 1996. <laughs> um, did you see that
1: ludicrous piece on The Ringer? No. He, they say he aged poor, like his music. His aged music poorly. aged
0: poorly. Yeah, I saw it being tweeted around. I the,
1: not I'm not gonna like. Hasn't everybody's music kind of aged poorly? Like, doesn't a lot music just have. not? Like most a lot of people have. Yeah. No, but
0: I mean listen, like i listen I listen to Tribe Call Quest. Like I got on no, Tribe I'm saying, Quest. Well, like listen, I think early,
1: early not early, but I think like certain rap does live for kinda of forever. Like that's like that Atlanta style rapping at the time is very poppy. Even though it's right. super vulgar and stuff like that. Like of course it's not gonna age well. That's like saying like the Backstreet
0: Boys hold up. I mean it they do. It does. Nukes it does. on the block, I, the right stuff. Baby. They, they, that might not. New kids on the block might be too like a cusp of eighties, nineties, whereas Backstreet Boys is like, we're hitting stride here, in sync still goes, man, that stuff is still fire. Alright. Let's let's do our AMAs, Joe. I don't know how we wound up there. Because we were talking about SEAL and the <laughs> Yeah, right? SEAL became backstream. Face <laughs> yeah. Jam soundtrack is fired, man. You should listen to that tonight. Um Alright, our first question, Joe, for our AMAs is from at fourteen team mocker. He asks, is the kid crossing My. up the white lady on Twenty Third Street video fake? Is it okay to laugh at obvious fake videos? I'll let you go first because I might rant on this one.
1: All right, so all right, so I saw the video the day it was posted. The girl tweeted it out. The white girl he's speaking of tweeted it out herself. They're crossing an intersection. Little kids with the ball. She mm-hmm. looks ready to DM up. He crosses over. She dro- she drops. Um, I watched it like a bazillion times. Right. I I think it's fake, right? So, but for the first, like, bazillion times minus one, I thought it was real. And every other time before that, it was super funny. So it's okay to laugh at fake videos when you think they're real. And then after that, like, it, it kind of loses its luster because by the time you realize it's fake, it's already been a billion loops in and it doesn't
0: really matter. Yeah, good point. Um, and just to give a little more clarity on this video, it's actually not a kid. It was a... Um I, I don't know what the politically correct word is here. It was a little person. Is that is that the correct word? Great. I'm, not,
1: I'm not chiming in on this because I don't know.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> it, it was an adult who has a height disadvantage, um, and the, and actually a, a second video emerged of him just kind of walking through the streets in New York dribbling the basketball. So after seeing that, I felt like it was a little more valid. The first time I saw it, it really bothered me a lot because it felt so fake and so ridiculous. I actually tweeted about it. Um, I'm going to read you my rant right now. Am I the only one that thinks staged videos of OMG, totally embarrassing things are corny as hell? If this kid's really walking the streets, this is before when I thought it was a kid. If this kid's really walking the streets breaking ankles, it's dope as S. But it's so clearly staged. For what? This lady sharing the video. If it wasn't staged, she wouldn't have the video. And then I said, to be fair, the cross fall looks legit. Because it did look like he legitimately crossed her over, and then she legitimately did fall. Like, I just think, how does she get that video? You know what I mean? Like, is somebody taping, and then afterwards she walks over and it's like, hey, I'll send you that video. Why don't you tweet it out and get all of the you know, why don't you get all the attention for this? If you haven't seen the video, like, every big sports, you know, what is it, Network tweeted it out, FanRag tweeted it out, I saw SB Nation tweeted it out, a bunch of people had it. So, like, it's easy to find, but I mean, like, Living in New York City, like, that doesn't happen. You're not crossing East 23rd Street and getting crossed over to the point that you're falling down. You're not D-ing up on somebody who's got handle like that. It just, it felt like I was watching Jackass, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was so weird and scripted. To answer the second part of it, so yes, the first part, I think it was staged. There's a dude standing in the middle, right where the crossover happens, and he's just standing there the entire time. That doesn't happen. No one stands in the middle of the street <laughs> to me. Just don't do it. So yeah, the first part, I think it's staged. Second part... I'm not going to tell you what it's okay to laugh at. Laugh at whatever the hell you want to laugh at. Obviously, enough. I do think the
1: people. crossover. The, the, obviously, the, his handles were legit, and I do think she legit fell.
0: Yeah, it looked it. The fall looked legit. Like I think it's they not- were. I like
1: your your points are great. Like how she get the video of some? Why, why was somebody even pointing a camera in the middle of the road? Like all these points are legit. I think the fall and the crossover were
0: legit. They looked it. It looked it. I just, I see all these videos all the time of crossover falls, and it's like, why are they taping this? How do they know this dude's going to get a hit to the point that he falls what fans? about it all that old big- man
1: crossover when he, like, uh, Highly Questionable always shows it? Like, they, yeah. they clearly were going after this dude to fall over. So, like, they, they were t- That's legit. Right. That's my favorite yeah. whenever, because they're always like, oh, look, Paul Pierce fell down again.
0: That is funny. That is funny. All right, Joe, read me the next question.
1: From at play or be played. Nice. Um, for con- I will give the context after. If Eric taught Jamil his moves and Jamil taught Ty his moves, then who taught Eric his moves? Um, Jamil is Jamil Warney. um, Stony Brook legend, um... And friend of the
0: podcast, of Joe's, Joe's bestie.
1: My bestie, um... We're going
0: to get Jamil on the show at some point. We are.
1: I should have asked him yesterday, actually, now that I think about it. But, um, he's currently with the Dallas Mavericks' uh, D-League team, the Texas Legends. Is that what they're called, the Texas Legends? I believe so. Um, he's going to be an NBA player one day. He's awesome. Um... Player to be played is one of his boys. Um, Eric and Ty, I'm actually not 100% sure who they are. Uh, I thought at, at first glance, I was like, oh, they, they must have been running mates with them. They, I couldn't find them on the basketball reference. Um, let's be clear. Nobody taught Jamil Warney how to play basketball. Jamil Warnie taught basketball how to play basketball.
0: Yeah, but who taught Eric how to play basketball is the question. Jamil.
1: <laughs> Jamil taught everybody. Jamil's like the Chuck Norris of basketball. Jamil, wow. Jamil, facts. I remember. Like it. Did, I'm, I'm with did, it. Did, did we do this on the podcast? The Miso Warney sign. E-
0: I don't know. Before Probably. the NBL tournament,
1: Miso Warney?
0: I don't know. Maybe we didn't. I don't know about a song. I had a sign made up. I don't know if we ever played it. Miso Warnie. Miso I figured so that, or... I figured that was how it sounded. Um, what do you think the yeah. answer to this question is? <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to say something fun, but I don't think there is anything fun to answer this question with. Um, I don't know who taught him how to play basketball. His 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 parents? I don't know. His friends? TV. Say by the bell. Probably. Oh, say oh, by yeah, the Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, Zach Morrison Slater. Yeah,
0: the episode where Zach and Slater win because Zach Zach like breaks his knee or something like that, but he still. I don't know. Yeah, he was yeah. in the
1: hospital and somehow he snuck out and they won the championship. Yeah.
0: Def- definitely, definitely. say by the bell.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm actually with you now. Not that okay. you know. Say by the bell has what's what's the most absurd thing basketball wise from like those kind of TV shows? It's Will Smith banging threes from the half court line, right? Because the half court only, line is like w- seven feet away from the basket.
0: Dude, I tweeted that when the when the Lamelo video came out earlier this week. Oh, Lamelo the, Ball video, yeah. We, we told you guys two weeks ago that you're going to start hearing about these kids, and all of a sudden Lamelo Ball is the biggest story in basketball this week, pulling up from half court. Apparently he does it multiple times a game. It wasn't. It's like a thing he does.
1: Yeah, so, yeah you're a crotchety old man there.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm saying, listen. As a basketball coach, how do you allow your player to pull up from half court? How do you allow him to do that? How do you allow him to do that? It doesn't he matter who makes he is. Sense. Come on, man. And his form is disgusting. Oh my god, his form. He looks like he's eight. How old is Lamelo Ball? Tell me. He's probably fourteen. He's He's fifteen. He's fifteen. <laughs> he's 15? Um, fifteen, one five, one five. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. There's got to be something more ridiculous than Will Smith because at least like he looked good doing it. You know what I mean? Like he looked like well, he was Erlo's a real basketball
1: was legit player. basketball player. Remember Erlo, his handles?
0: Absolutely. I always thought he was like sick, like really good at basketball. But I always thought was
1: the floor, the court, Will Smith played on, it was just so small.
0: It was tiny. Yeah, he's pulling. Like you said, he's pulling up from half court, and it's like free throw range. It was crazy. <laughs>
1: Like, they couldn't invest a couple extra dollars and rent out, like, Hawaii. Do you know what I mean? Like, to do that?
0: Yeah, I mean, they probably had it in the studio. It's it's bad. They, they put a basketball court, like, in the basement of the house they lived in. I don't know. <laughs> there has to be something more ridiculous, though, basketball-wise. I mean, like, sports-wise. You Why I don't go no movie basketball-wise,
1: because, like, the TV show, like, those old TV shows, they're always the best for the worst sporting type of... Like, Slater was undefeated for, like, 100 years... And so he was going to get a uh, scholarship to Iowa but then he wasn't because like he got like a B. Right. Yeah, you know right. like I mean, come on. See it by the bell. <laughs> Dude, stop setting the bar so high for
0: kids. You know what I mean? Like chill. Yeah. Yeah, he was undefeated forever. He could have had all Fs and gone to whatever school he, he wanted. He could have been to.
1: like a pro wrestler. Like, that, like Vince McMahon would have been knocking on his door and being like, "Hey, we're going to turn you into a villain." Come on. But no, oh, like, he, had a, he got he got a B once. So like his scholarship to Iowa was in jeopardy.
0: And his military dad was really upset about it. It would have been so sick. His military dad was such a jerk. Yeah, he's in like two episodes, if even that many. I think just one, actually. And Zach
1: Morris is really mean to Slater in the beginning, too. Like, that dynamic, going back and looking at it, Zach Morris was super evil.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Do dumb. you like Save by the Bell?
1: Like, the super early Save by the Bells? When it was, like... It was more about the teacher with the red hair?
0: Miss Bliss? Yes. Wake up, Miss, wake up, miss Bliss? No, it, that was terrible with Mikey and Mickey It got so much better when Slater jesse and kelly hit the scene what do you think about all the the new years or whatever the college years The new class oh wait wait so here we go are you asking about the college years or the new class well there's
1: well we could do both because the new class wasn't very good either no it was
0: terrible uh in real time i didn't
1: hate the college years
0: yeah in real time i liked the college years and then when they like brought it back to tbs in the mornings i was like oh sick the college years is on and then it's like oh my god this sucks like oh yeah going back to look at it they hit such. They had such a low batting average on jokes. Uh, Bob Golick was awful on that show. Like if we're being objective. Well, you know they're also I
1: mean? trying to like somewhat be like a Melrose Placey show too. At the same time, like do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we're trying to be like, oh, well, we're an adult to show up. It's like you can't, man. <laughs> Zach Morris is forever gonna break that fourth wall and talk to me. Yeah, Otherwise, needs- this show's a sham.
0: He needs to be able to call timeout and freeze what's going on around him.
1: Right, or it's he a needs- bust.
0: Yeah. Yep. Freeze or bust. I agree. Um, yeah. So I we can agree then that um, the most ridiculous basketball thing was Will Smith. That's fine.
1: Yeah. For now, we can revisit this later. Send it. Put it on. The, tweet a, it tweet on, us. Tweet us at at Gman's Hoops. What's the most ridiculous basketball moment from a TV show, not a movie, a TV show that you can imagine? Recall.
0: Not my my mentions are going to be flooded with answers. Uh, all right. Our it's
1: last... got of man. Mr. Cooper definitely has a couple. I can't recall any though.
0: I can't either. It's all right. I think a ten
1: days to the Lakers. After not playing basketball for like three years.
0: Because that, that happens. Maybe he's supposed to be like Magic Johnson in the show. I don't know.
1: I Remember I told you I thought he was your real basketball player? I, <laughs> I, do, I do
0: remember. You would. <laughs> I probably tried to create him in like Live 96 or something. I don't know. Yes. All right, Joe. Our last, our last question. Do you have something important you want to get in? Nope. I was
1: just saying Mr. Cooper. I couldn't remember the theme song, though.
0: Mr. Cooper. That's what he did, pretty much. We're hanging. Came. We're hanging. All right. Our last AMA of 2016, Joe, is from our good friend and contributor to the podcast, Given Up On My Life. Why do people pretend Five Guys is special? I really like this question a lot. You know, do, you, first, do you have Five Guys by you?
1: Well, here's the problem. I can't. I don't have a Five Guys. Uh, have you ever had it? No. Why would I have... Well, I, here. All right. Not a, a... kind of like... There is a Five Guys... It's in Scranton. I live in Wilkes-Barre. It's like a 17-minute drive. Um, nobody goes there, so it's gonna be out of business pretty soon because it's just people around here just don't care about this five guys. The other what, what's the other burger place? People go nuts over on the West there's, Coast. Well,
0: there's a few of them. In and Out is a big deal, yeah, but no, nobody around there.
1: here cares about that. We're like more of like a pizza area, so pizza's the big deal. So like when people talk about burger joints, we're just like, yeah, whatever.
0: Wow, you really did that. Who cares about burgers? What about pizza? You really no, I that. know. I'm,
1: I'm just saying around here, that's the general sentiment. Pizza's huge in this area. The South people, like, all fours where I'm born, they consider itself the pizza capital of the world.
0: That is insane. I live in New York City. What's up? Um, we, we like pizza over here as well. Mini well, what right, Pizza or burger place? Are you asking me what I prefer?
1: No, I'm asking the whole city of New York. Do you, oh. want, do, you want, do you want Jared to be able to answer this 5 guys special as a burger expert? Or is he a pizza expert answering it as a burger fraud? <laughs>
0: a hack. I like that. I like that. Well played. Um, so I'll answer this question then because I think Five Guys is super overrated, and I've had my fair share of burger chain food. I actually was late to the hamburger bandwagon. I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I didn't really start eating. I think I did a couple weeks ago. I didn't start eating hamburgers until I was like in my early twenties because I just didn't like ketchup, and I thought you needed to have a hamburger with ketchup on it. Yeah, yeah. I was.
1: I was. I was in my late. Teenagers early 20s before I realized a cheeseburger
0: was awesome Yeah, we're we're bad people. Yeah, um, we're
1: weird like we are so, not normal Mars is guys, never coming for us man
0: No, no, so five, five guys is is overrated. I feel like I feel like it's really greasy. I feel like it lacks taste Shake Shack is at the top for me the top of the chain burger power rankings Shake Shack is amazing everything about it's great their chicken shack is great, too big Shake Shack fan sponsor our show Shake Shack after that, Smashburger I think is better than Five Guys too. I've had In and Out. I thought In and Out was better than Five Guys. I think Five Guys is at the bottom of the chain. I don't know why people like it. The one cool thing I will say about Five Guys is if you get their French fries, they literally give you like a brown paper bag like filled with like a ton of French fries, and they're pretty good. They are ridiculously greasy, but they're pretty good fries. So Joe, you should go just to try the fries. We have a John. Do you guys have Johnny Rockets? Uh, we do. Johnny Rockets is pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I like. I mean, that's. That my, that's the only equivalent equivalent I've had to any of those things. I guess is Johnny Rockets, and I like. I think Johnny Rockets is pretty solid. Never had an in the out Shake Shack, all that stuff. Other than that, it's been like like I'm not even gonna bring up Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's. Although, you
0: love Burger King, Joe. You are the Burger King brand champion.
1: Uh, I actually like Wendy's uh, burgers the best.
0: Wendy's is the best, actually. Wendy's Spicy Chicken, top of the Fast Food Power Rankings.
1: Ooh, I never had Wendy's. So I'm not, maybe oh, I'm, man. My, both my now. kids are off today. Maybe I'll uh, after I get caught up at work, I'll surprise them <laughs> spend $12 at Wendy's on them.
0: You're a good dad, man. That That's dad goals right there. Did you get around to trying the Burger King hot dog joke? No,
1: no. I remember that. this That could have been one of our best slash worst of the year is us both claiming we were to get the Burger King hot dog and neither of us
0: ever doing it. I did not claim I was going to, Joe. I don't lie to the people.
1: Is that That's still in there, isn't it? Like, that's still on the, the menu.
0: I don't know. I haven't been to Burger King. in My guess is I haven't been to a Burger King. Actually, I'm lying. I've been there within the last year. Because there's a Burger King next door to a Wendy's that I stop at because they have a drive-thru. And I wanted to put onion rings on my spicy chicken sandwich. So that was <laughs> – yeah, guys, I'm fat. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That is such um, a
1: great thing. So you went to two fast food places because the second one was for a topping for the first one.
0: Correct. I did. I've done that a few times. I, I'm like – when I'm alone, I'm like, what can I eat right now that I could never <laughs> eat? And like so, – so one day I was, I was at like my fiance's parents' house in Long Island and I was like, God, I gotta eat something. What am I gonna eat? Oh man, there's a Taco Bell next to that Wendy's. I'm gonna get food of them, so I had Wendy's and Taco Bell. And one night I was alone for dinner, and I'm like, I guess I should get Wendy's. Oh yeah, I'm getting onion rings too. Yeah,
1: that's Back amazing. Then. This is Thanks. such great insight. We should we we buried the lead. This should have led the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. No, I won't lie. Like I've put in things on my hamburgers before that aren't traditional things on your hamburgers, like French fries or whatever. That's but fine. to go to a whole different restaurant yeah to get the the topping is tremendous
0: i so when i did the taco bell wendy's double feature that was when they had the quesalupa so i was considering getting a wendy spicy chicken sandwich taking the sandwich out like not the sandwich out but the chicken out and putting it inside of the quesalupa i I didn't do it i didn't do it you could have been a legend I know, that, that would have been great. I probably would have died on the spot. But um, I Oh, that's amazing.
1: That. that is so yeah. amazing.
0: Fast food adventures. I'm glad that, that we had this five guys question.
1: Which sweet and, sour, sweet and sour sauce is better, McDonald's or Burger King?
0: Uh, I don't think I've ever had Burger King sweet and sour sauce, so McDonald's, wins. Wendy's has the best sweet and sour sauce.
1: I don't like Wendy's sweet and sour Which sauce. Which is
0: funny because they switched it up. They switched it up a few years <laughs> ago and they had a different one. That came in like a rectangle thing instead of a circular thing, and I complained to them on Twitter for like three weeks, and they went back to the circular one. You did it. I like to think I caused that change. You did it. You're you're welcome, America. (laughs) Maybe even beyond. That might be an international. You're welcome. You changed the world. I did. What's the best condiment sauce from any fast food place?
1: Oh, oh, man.
0: Yeah, so Burger King's got like a buffalo sauce, which like no one else has, which is good for them. McDonald's barbecue sauce used to be, like, my favorite barbecue sauce.
1: So, yeah, we we, we we can't go, like, local mom-and-pops. It has to be a legit chain. Yeah. Uh, man,
0: yeah, people. It's better if people know what we're talking about. Yeah, so, like, I can't yeah. be talking
1: about, like, Genozi's or Antonio's or Salerno's or...
0: Uh, you guys really are Italian over there. Yeah.
1: Um... <laughs> nice Polish name. Um, man, uh... I don't know if I have a good answer for this question because I feel like I I have to think. Like, why are you on this? Do, <laughs> I do a condiment
0: power just, rankings? I'll just throw my sports takes out into the abyss, <laughs> but I need to be about my condiment takes.
1: My reputation is like, on the line here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have? Do you ever like? What's the best one? Is it the buffalo one you are talking about?
0: It might be. So, like, the top of the tops are definitely bu- Buffalo at Burger King. You know what's the most underrated condiment? Like, this is a take. It's honey from McDonald's. When I used to go to McDonald's as a kid, I used to get honey for my chicken McNuggets. And that was the best.
1: I've never gotten
0: honey, ever. Oh my god, honey with chicken McNuggets, honey with fried chicken, the best. Nothing better.
1: Do you call, like, even when you go to Burger King, do you call them McNuggets by accidently like chicken McNuggets? Because I do all the time.
0: Well, it sucks now because Burger King used to have, you know, like, these long chicken tenders, and, like, they were so different that, like, you really you really couldn't call them McNuggets because there was nothing McNuggety about it. They had their own identity. And then Burger King was like, yeah, we're in the nugget game now. So, yeah, you know what? Call them McNuggets. Disrespect them.
1: I do it all the time. Like, not, like, I I don't go to Burger like, King every day. But when I do go to Burger King, I usually get two bacon cheeseburgers and a four-piece Nugget. And I'll always say, okay, hey, get a four-piece chicken McNugget with sweet and sour sauce every time. They never correct you. Because they, no, they, they, they know. Would. They know. They yeah. know I really want McDonald's chicken nuggets. I'm just not going, McDonald's is farther drive for me. I'm not going to double dip the, the restaurants like Jerry does. They're just too far they'll
0: away. It's, they'll settle for being, you know, they'll settle for being a settle.
1: What if, for, like, somebody just, I'm sure it's been done. I'm going to YouTube it after this to see if somebody's done it. Somebody goes to Burger King and asks for a Big Mac and Chicken McNuggets.
0: Yeah, I mean, assholes do that. <laughs> you probably
1: be. I'm, I'm going to have to beep this out. I'm just so good at not having to edit much. Oh.
0: No, come on, you're the one that dropped the S-Bog. We're,
1: we're well over an hour, and nobody's listening to them at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this awesome. I was
0: awesome. I was thinking we should go the rest of the day. We should do a three-hour podcast. Just you and listen to us. Ratings are going to soar. We'll create new segment music for the show's gone on too long. Well, I, what
1: I could do is I could just put our theme music at the end on loop and make it like a six-hour podcast. People are like, Joe and Jerry did a six-hour podcast.
0: It would make, it would make waves. We'd be on Deadspin. We'd, we'd crack the least important writers of 2016 list if we did that. Which was
1: the same, like, five guys over and over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. Nice job, Deadspin. Way to call them out. While we're on the topic, somebody asked me the other night how I feel about Deadspin, and I was kind of conflicted because I think when they do investigative journalism, they do a really good job. Like, I think they have a couple of really smart writers. I just think they try too hard sometimes to crap on the rest of the industry and, like, people that don't necessarily deserve to get cracked on. Like, listen, you want to make fun of Bill Simmons and Jason Whitlock and Darren Rovell over and over again cool. I'm here for it. I find it funny 98% of the time. But once you start like dipping into everybody else, you know, especially with like some of the stuff that went on with Gawker this last year, it kind of made me take them a little less serious.
1: Um, It's weird. Like all that's been I loved when it felt, when it was actually, I guess you could say when it was actually more independent. Um, now that they're actually part of the cycle and they're still trying to do the hipster cool stuff, I agree with you. When they do the, the problem is they don't do the investigative journalism enough. Anymore, like it was kind of Greg Howard, and now Greg Howard's gone. And they don't really have anybody, right? So, um, yeah, man. Like, I listen. I don't dislike them. Uh, I do. I, I, I'm in a weird spot with the with how we discuss the business and how we just poop on writers. Like, if the if the if the writer or the media personalities like already made it and made millions, I guess it kind of is more acceptable and okay because you're not really hurting that person financially. Like, if if you're going to poop on, like, some dude that's a beat writer for the San Jose Mercury, whatever, who's making, like, 32 a year, if that, and you're really hurting his credibility because he might have, like, just turned a bad phrase in a column, don't love right. it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't love it. I just don't. um So, yeah, I I, I guess i the conflicted with the Deadspin things. I, I think they kind of... Um, they want it really bad to still be that hipster, cool thing that, uh, like, Will Leach and Drew McGarry and them had, like, you know, years ago. And they're not really that anymore. They can't be that because you, you're, you've become the man. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. it, some of it's hypocritical, and other parts of it, to me, it's just a bad book, is all. For sure. Anything I feel else this was... way about all. I feel this way about... And nobody's listening at this point, so I'll, go, I'll talk about it. Like, I feel this way about other media critiquing people, where... If all you're gonna do is point out the bad and the same couple people over and over, and not be able to genuine or like reflect within and say like, because like I know that's been created like through one of their own guys in there, but they really didn't. They picked like a soft puffball piece to throw in there. Like it should have been like all of this thing we wrote on Hulk Hogan. That should have been their worst off. Do you know what I mean? Not all oh, this guy's bad take about like bananas or whatever it was, right? Um, like other like. If you're only gonna point out the super bad and the people everybody already knows is bad. And not be able to dance or like and point out the good elsewhere, like the legit good. And we're not talking like just Lee Jenkins. Do you know what I mean? Like we all know Lee Jenkins is great. But if you're able to find like, oh, here's this dude for the Rochester News. I don't know the name of the Rochester newspaper. But like you know what I mean, like that does really good work. Like find that. Because you know like what's weird, like that goes really underreported is I saw somebody yesterday, I won't say their name bashing national basketball writers who don't cover a specific team, which is just weird because they're like, oh, you're not watching every game, so you shouldn't have an opinion. And he called out a writer who...
0: I saw that as well, and he unfollowed me on Twitter recently. Yeah, was...
1: uh, he's also unfollowed me on Twitter. Um, he, he was out of line for what he said because he, he just presumed, because he disagreed with the take, this person didn't watch any Minnesota basketball. Um, and it's a bad and what he did was a bad look because he basically called out this person's credibility. Yeah. Um, but but what is lost in all this is like there are guys that write for like papers we've never heard of that are way better than whatever the most popular blogger in that that team's area is. Right. Do you know what I mean like they're re- like like I'm not gonna single out any of the bloggers, but like or or writers it's like Team X has a blogger that has nine bajillion followers because he's on the internet blah, 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 and he knows how to use Twitter well and he's kind of sending and he's this and that. There's a decent chance that beat reporter. Is nine billion times better,
0: right? Well, I mean, there needs to be a little bit of objectivity. I feel like, and I don't know how we wound up talking about this. Oh, I asked you about spin. Been... There needs to be a little bit of objectivity, and it's kind of hard when, like, you get started as a blogger for a team to to really be able to tell yourself as. What well, to be your
1: favorite team? You're not going to start up for a blogger of a team you don't like, right? Like you're not going right, to like. I... Like I grew up a Lakers fan. Like, so pretend my goal, my goal was never to be a beat writer. My goal was to tell stories and have funny jokes and stuff. But like, pretend I was like, you know what? I'm gonna these a lot of these guys do it just for hobby. I'm gonna become a Lakers blogger only I'm not gonna be able to be that objective.' It's either gonna to be too strong in my criticism or too not or too passive. I'm not gonna be able to find that that voice in the middle. I'm not saying not everybody can. I'm just saying like and it works for beat reporters as well. Like the more you get to know the players, the more emotionally invested you're gonna be, the less objective you're gonna be able to be as well. It's just like to think that there's no need. For a national perspective to look on the outside because you're there 30, 82 games out of the year is stupid because you're not going to be completely unbiased the whole time. It's impossible for you to be. And that's okay.
0: I'm with you. Cast I'm with you. I, I, thought, I thought it was kind of crappy too. I'm glad and it stop, looks like t- can,
1: stop counting people's work ethics when you don't know
0: them. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, there you go. Those are your. Those are your beat- cool,
1: and on the high note.
0: I was going to say, what's your New Year's resolution going to be for 2017?
1: Uh, The same as every year. Start working out. (laughs) (laughs) Great. What's
0: yours? Uh, I'm actually going to go super hard working out in January because I have have 30 days before my wedding to get fitted again for my tuxedo. So really anything I do between January 25th to February 25th is pointless. So I'm just going to have to maintain that month. This next month is going to be the month where I have to really lose weight. Um, I have a couple other good resolutions though. I, I'm going to be a little more positive about my own work and I'm going to, going to try to have a little more confidence in everything I do. It's hard. And we have this conversation with all the writers about how like, you know, really we, we put our work out there and we promote it. But like deep down inside, we feel like a failure and everything we write, we feel terrible about and we're worried that someone's going to confront us. I don't really have those feelings as much as a lot of other writers do. I just think I, I need to try to validate myself a little bit more with my writing and my work. Um, I don't know. I just I want to be healthier, healthier in life, more positive. I like it. Try to get the most out of life.
1: So you're going to be like the walking embodiment of the new day.
0: Yes, exactly. The wrestlers who I've never heard about or know anything about. Power positivity. That's it, man. That's it. I think that's a great way to end our show. We thank you guys if you stuck around and listened for the whole show, all hour and 25 minutes or so of it. Uh, We had fun doing this. Share some of your best and worst stories of 2016 with us on Twitter. We're always looking forward to seeing that and getting some feedback. Joe, I'm glad that you went college basketball heavy for your best and worst to start. But, um, yeah, before we sign off, I just want to thank you. 2016 was fun. We got to start our blog and let's uh, – our blog. Our podcast, <laughs> our bloggies, because I'm, I'm 55 years old and I don't know the difference between anything. Let me uh, blog
1: my feelings.
0: Yeah, no, we, we got our podcast off the ground. It had been a few years in the making and, and here we are, we made it through a full year. We we've done like seventy plus shows, I think, Joe, and that that's a big deal, man. So good good for us. I thank you for being a great co-host and a great writing partner and a good friend. And uh yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jamin's Hoops, Joe. Tell the people where they could follow you, find you, all that other good stuff.
1: Uh echo the same thoughts back at you. You can follow me on the Twitters at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. Both of our writing at fanragsports.com.
0: Thank you guys for reading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it way more than you could ever imagine. skiddly doo dop dee dop dee dop doop, dee
2: All around me are familiar websites. Worn-out clickbait. Worn-out hot takes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. No one's clicking Their cuckoos are filling up their pockets But not for writers Not for riders. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow No tomorrow No tomorrow And I find it kind of funny I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.